I will never write a single line which I have not first felt in my own heart. He'll teach you everything. Truer words were never spoken. All right. Language and writing were made available. I'm writing this down. This is good stuff. Well, fancy meeting you here. I'm John. You're you. This is John Helps You Write Better. So let's let's write better. I've got a story for you today. It takes place, uh, oh, mid-2000, mid to late 2000, I guess. Um, I know it started in the summer. I remember that very clearly. I was working evenings and overnights as just a, a gopher and editor, a, a audio editor, in in radio in New York City. And I was encouraged by my overnight bosses to, since there wasn't always something to do at two o'clock in the morning, uh, to write. And I was writing a puppet musical. I was particularly uh, entranced by the idea that you could have a world where puppets and people could coexist. And I wanted to write like a weird love triangle between puppets and humans because it made me laugh and I wanted it to be a musical because I like the idea of just there being spontaneous music breaks the idea that um, you know in the middle of a heartfelt moment somebody would just break into song and the puppets would totally be okay with that because that was central to the puppet universe but the humans would be totally lost and overwhelmed like what the shit is happening why is everyone singing and dancing I, I loved that idea I started writing it in, in mid to late 2000. And I remember stopping just after 9-11 for any number of reasons, including uh, I wasn't sure I still had a job. I did. Um, but I remember that sort of throwing a wrench in things. And I didn't pick everything back up until about 2005, 2006. And by then, I was so not the same person I had been five years prior. And when I returned to it, I wanted to make it edgier. I wanted to, to write it harder and darker. I wanted to add like a murder mystery to it. And that was part of the subplot of the musical. And, and that was the, the preemptive thing for the, for the romance triangle. And I, I was just complicating. And I was just faffing around. I, 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 it was not my best work, though I really liked the idea. I picked it up again in 2010, 2011 on a whim, on a dare from the, the woman I was dating. And uh, I didn't like any of it, so I started over. I started over four times. I tried to make it wholesome. I tried to make it family-friendly. I tried to make it uh, edgy. I tried to make it dark. I tried all these different things, but I, I didn't get it to work. And I abandoned it right around, I think I guess it was 2015, 2016. And I haven't really thought about it since. I was cleaning the other day. I was uh, moving digital files to archive. I was cleaning out boxes, cleaning out a closet, throwing things away. And I found some handwritten and typed notes I had made just randomly, not dated or anything, but it's very clearly about that because it references, you know, puppet construction and puppet dance numbers and all that. And I, I read it 
and it, it got me thinking, and that's that's really what this story is about. And that's why I'm recording it now for today's podcast. There are going to be times where you are going to write something. Maybe it's a page. Maybe it's a chapter. Maybe it's a whole book. And you'll do your best. You'll put your blood, sweat, tears, heart, soul, guts into it. And it's your best at that time. It's, it's not wrong or bad. You did your best, period, simple. The hard part comes in when you look backwards and you, you take a look and go, God, I'm not that person anymore. I don't, I don't see even the thinking I had 20 years ago when I was writing about, you know, a puppet breaking up with a puppet through the power of song with a bathroom door separating them. I'm not that same person. I, I don't recognize them. And that, that's going to happen to you, not because you're bad, not because you're wrong, just because things change. You're not that person anymore. And you can't and shouldn't hold yourself responsible for the promises you made yourself, the expectations you hold of yourself. When I was 14, I read in Reader's Digest magazine that it was possible to make a million dollars a year. That seemed ridiculous at the time. But I really wanted to be a millionaire by the time I was 23 because that seemed very, very far away. Um, Mental illness had just started to sort of chew at my brain, so I wasn't entirely sure I would be alive. But a million dollars at 23 was a goal. Didn't really know how to get it. Didn't really know how to do it. But I was going to do it. And when I turned 23 and did not have a million dollars, I felt crushed. I felt that same level of crush and smush when uh, I read this puppet musical again. And I let that kid down. It was 20 years ago. I don't even remember if I had the whole thing plotted out. I think it just sort of trailed off because I didn't know what to do. And I've been sitting here, not just today, but the last couple of days, really thinking about it, really brooding over it because you're not responsible for the random shitty bullshit things you said when you were 20. You know, we all said dumb shit as kids. That doesn't reflect who you are now. You're older. You've hopefully developed some maturity or compassion or both. And you don't have to hold yourself accountable to those promises. That doesn't mean those promises are unimportant. It doesn't mean that that wasn't a starting point, a, a moment of genesis, a moment of intersection from which you could move in any direction as long as you were moving more or less in that kind of direction. But I don't owe old me anything. I don't have to go write the puppet musical. I could. I really thought about it. But... My heart's not really there anymore. And for me to honor that promise and force it would be unreasonable. Why am I telling you this? Other than I just like talking to you. I'm telling you this because over the course of however long your writing career is, you are going to have these ideas come up. And maybe you've been thinking about being a writer for a very, very long time. And you've been driven by this idea not formed by you with no input from your current self. It's all driven by your past self 
Oh, when I was a kid, I read, I don't know, Robert Jordan, and it made me want to write fantasy. Oh, when I was, you know, a young guy, I watched Star Wars, and it made me want to write sci-fi. That's fine. That's great. But you're not a failure if, as a not younger person, you're not writing fantasy. If you, if you suddenly get into mystery, or if you get into science fiction, or if you get into legal thriller, or westerns, or I don't know, whatever the hell you want to write. You're not a failure if you're not specific. That's not important. If you gave it a try, found out that writing wasn't for you because you discovered the joy of, I don't know, you discovered the joy of music production or something, you're not bad or wrong. My, my point is we all have goals, dreams, and plans. And it's good that we have goals, dreams, and plans. But always double check. Always make sure that your goals, dreams, and plans have input from you at all stages. Especially if you have had these things for a very long time and you're not holding yourself, or I should say you are, how do I say this? When 15-year-old you decided to do a thing, that did not sign a lifetime contract where now 35 or older year old you has to abide by it. You can change. You can do different. You can do better. You can be a writer but not be locked into the plan child you did. I don't know if I'll ever go back to writing stage play. I don't know if I'll ever you know, give a shot at a musical. It's been a very long time since I've picked up any instrument I can play. But I do like the idea. And maybe it should just stay an idea. Maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow. But give this some thought, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.